Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, I do want to talk about the the Lakers in a second. Um, but but um, I I think it's uh, this is a great uh, Chuck uh, tweets the show. I'm so with you on the drug test in the NFL, but also for regular employment. I know you're hesitant to say it, but it's an idiot test. If you care, if you you take the easy steps to take to pass it, right? It's it. Look, every job is like this. It's like, uh, you know, I, I'll get dudes that'll troll me on Twitter where I'll, I'm going to play for you, Draymond Green's deal, and Draymond Green misses it so badly, it's comical but actually understandable. Understandable. But the the, the deal is this: if you if you're not prepared for the combine, when your season ended, look, at worst, in terms of time to prep, your season ended middle of January, right? For the most part, guys' seasons were over going back to November. So we're in March. If you're not prepared for the combine, if you test positive, like, if you, you everyone knows what's coming. There are no secrets. None. They tell you exactly what they're going to do. And so if you you can't pass a drug test, if you can't be at your best in running a 40, if your bench press is, like, you may not think it matters. And it may not matter in the grand scheme of things where you're drafted. But it's the idea of putting your best foot forward. It's the idea of have you done the things to prepare for something that you knew was going to happen. If you do that, Right? Like, how are we ever going to, to, to criticize you? If you don't, you have told everybody that you don't want to do the things that, you, you know, you don't want to prepare for what you know is coming. And that's synonymous with any, any business, any interview. You know? Like, I don't think anybody wears a suit and a tie outside of Midtown Manhattan anymore. You know? I mean, so many of us work from home. But even when you do a Zoom at home for an interview for a job, just put a shirt and tie on. Like, why? Why would I do that? Why not? You know? Worst thing that can happen is they look at you like, hey, you don't have to wear a suit and tie for this. Like, nah, it's really important to me. It's important to me to, right? That translates well. Uh, Anyway. Um, I want to get into this baseball thing with you, Byer, in a second because there's 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 part of this that I, the part of this that just I I'm struggling I I I'm, I'm struggling to understand why the players union has waited this long to throw this carrot at the owners. We'll get to that in a second. But first, the Lakers get blown out again last night. This time by the LA Clippers. The Clippers sweep the series. Remember, the Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard, don't have Paul George. And while the Lakers don't have Anthony Davis, they do have Russell Westbrook, they do have Carmelo Anthony, they do have LeBron James. The game was not competitive. Uh, This kind of coincided, you go back to the previous home game where they were booed at home. This is actually when they were losing to the Pelicans 
and the players started chirping with the fans. Here's Draymond Green. I know not a Laker, but a superstar player for the Golden State Warriors talking about Laker fans. To get booed by your own fans, like, it's very distasteful and disgraceful. And I was shocked to see that. Like, I, I thought that was pathetic. I, I thought it was extremely pathetic. And like I said, I thought it was very distasteful from a fan base of an organization that has the most championships in the NBA. Like, let's not be so, like, spoiled brats. Like, it's okay to be spoiled. Yeah, you can 100% be spoiled. We all get spoiled by things at times at one point in our life or another. But let's not be brats. And, and, and that was about as bratty as something that I've seen, considering that this team just won a championship not even a full two years ago. And, and now you're booing? Like, I thought that was utterly ridiculous. Okay. Uh, here's the problem. Here's where Draymond Green misses it. Okay, Draymond is sitting there going like, hey, look, these guys won a championship two years ago. Why are you booing them if you're really a Laker fan? Here's the problem. <laughs> There's like three guys on the entire roster who were actually on that team three years ago. And there's an expectation for the Lakers, maybe not to win a championship. I think to be competitive. And, oh, yeah, by the way, it's not about wins and losses, especially when you don't have Anthony Davis. You're getting blown out by bad teams. You know, teams that you can argue all you want about how the Pelicans look since the trade. But the fact is the Pelicans are like 10 games below 500. That's by anybody's estimation, a bad team. The Clippers aren't a bad team. They're actually a really good team, but they're missing their two best players. You, you can't get beat by them by 30. But the bigger thing is this. While I don't love booing, you know, boo. I, I, but in terms of 2022, booing is the tamest and most reasonable way for a home fan to announce their displeasure with anything. Booing now rattles you? Booing is a spoiled brat? No, actually, the spoiled brats are the players who aren't doing everything it takes defensively. Everything, giving you everything they have, diving for every loose ball. If, if you, can't, you can control that. You can't control whether the ball goes in or doesn't go in. They don't have enough talent. The pieces don't fit together. It just doesn't feel like they're, they care that much. And to that, you're like, you fought traffic. You paid $100 for parking. You paid $1,000 to get in the door, right? You buy, and you sit down, you finally get to your one Laker game a year, and they're down 25 to the Pelicans? Yeah, I'm going to boo. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that Draymond Green's real-life upbringing is real, but let's be honest. Once he's gotten the NBA over a decade ago, he ceased to be a regular human being. You know, per diem is like over $100 a day. Remember, per diem. So, like, you go on a road trip, you're already making $20, $30 million a year, and they give you cash to spend to go out and, and have lunch. Like, it's a, it's a great life. If you have made it to be one of the 450 best basketball players on earth, you're living a great life. But if you do it too long, you lose touch of reality. And the reality is booing at home, as bad as the Lakers are, that should be the least of their worries. Go ahead, Ramos. Yeah, throwing things on the floor. Yes. That's what you can't do. Unacceptable. Uh, booing players who aren't putting 100% effort into the team, there's no problem with that at all. I don't. I agree with you. 
not that you need me to agree with you, <laughs> but I couldn't agree with you more than 100% on this. I, when I heard him say that, I'm like, I mean, these guys aren't trying. You know, they're not, the fans are booing them as I've paid money to come watch you play and you're not giving 100%. They're not booing them because they're missing a couple of shots here and there or a layup didn't go in. Correct. It's the Lakers. What, what, how did you expect people to react when you're not winning? You're the, it's the Lakers. It's the Lakers. Anyway. Um, all right, let, let's get to this baseball thing. So, so Bayer, there weren't talks between the players and the owners, right? They, they both kind of went to their sides. And then the, the players are like, ah, they won't talk to us, they won't talk to us. And now the players are saying like, well, you know, what we could do, we could reopen that discussion about uh, having uh, having four t- a 14-team playoff, right? Which is music to the ears of the owners. The owners want the 14-team playoff more than they actually want the sport itself. Why? More money, more excitement. Um, it's not just the 14 teams that are involved. It's also the six or so other teams that think they're involved in the playoffs at the end of the season, which creates a buzz. Like th- this is the, the owners truly want more playoff games. And I'm just surprised it took the players this long to figure that out. Um, in, in regards to, you think that the players should have just agreed to 14 all along or no, but it should have used this as more leverage should use this, as, you know, to wield some leverage for uh, earlier. This, this shouldn't have been, shouldn't have gotten to this point to where they lost two games of the season. If they're really willing to play 14 games, they would have had a season. By well, now. well, I think, I think that teams. Yeah. I think that the, the issue is that the players, I don't think it's about the 14 teams. I think it's actually about the other issues, which tells you, and the reason is that is because the players are willing to bend on the 14 teams because they just wanted 12. But it means more to them that they would rather have a higher threshold for a luxury tax, uh, which they claim is a salary cap, uh, as opposed to um, having a lower threshold, which would they view as more of a cap, um, and have their 12 uh teams uh, in the playoffs so that seems to me is that the playoff the number of games or number of teams in the playoffs was was not at the top of the players association list which is probably why they didn't bend on it because they are so um steadfast in their belief that the luxury tax or the competitive balance tax as it's known in baseball uh, is essentially a salary cap without calling it a salary cap right that makes any sense yeah yeah, yeah, but but it's all it's all negotiable, and it felt like they, you know, from what I was told, the players were very much against fourteen, and mm-hmm. the owners really pushed for this thing. I'm just interested in why, um, I'm just interested in why it wasn't used as a leverage point earlier in in this thing. I I think it's just because of that of that tax that that seems to be the the issue where the players are like, all right, you keep the luxury tax say at two hundred and forty million dollars or you you move it to 240 million dollars and not 220 for an example then we'll give you that so they just they view that the the tax as a cap because it says that it's supposed to limit teams from obviously spending on player salaries and what they say is where the tax is 
there were multiple teams that went right up into the line but didn't pass it. So their evidence is saying, look, this is a cap because these teams aren't going to spend more money on players because of this line. Now, if that threshold is higher, then teams are willing to spend more on players. So maybe those six teams would end up you know, paying another $20 million to players, which would be great for the players, and then they would be, I guess, fine with the 14-team playoff. Mm-hmm. It's a little... Yeah, I the the other thing about the playoff is, you know, baseball has had such a bad um the, the optics were so bad with tanking. Like we talk about tanking in the NBA. For some reason it just seemed like 10 times worse, worse in baseball. Agreed. And I think it's because I think it's twofold. I think number one in in baseball there may be this false premise, but on opening day, you still think that you can win the World Series. It's probably not true, but maybe there's you know that that false hope that you can. But also, there's so many games, and when teams are just you know out of it, and then you have the Astros who actually win doing that, and it seemingly encourages everybody else. That's where I just think it's really blown up in baseball, and it's just a really really bad look to try to get people out of ballpark for 81 games out of the year when you know that they aren't interested in winning at all. What do you think, Jay Stu, of the idea of, of 14? Oh, I'm sorry. Ramos, you, you big 14 uh, playoffs. Fourteen teams in the playoffs guy? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, I don't. Sure. I, I guess. Yeah. That's the I mean, I'm I, was, not, is a thi- right. Is the theory of watering it down too much? Is that would be the theory of well, he, 14? Here's, here's the problem when you have too many teams in the playoffs. What happened last year will happen even more often. You're going to have some random teams end up winning a World Series, right? It 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 it, it cuts both ways. I'm I, I have a more than educated guess that one of the big reasons that they chose uh, they chose to expand the playoffs to begin with was they they wanted to make sure they could you know always have Red Sox and Yankees and hopefully both in the playoffs. The problem with that is that they're both gone early. You know, you need those ratings cows. You need the Yankees. You need the Dodgers. You need the Red Sox. You need the Cubs. And, I, you know, um, I think the more teams you get in, the more randomness you're going to have with the outcome. It's, it's funny because when I was younger, and I love, I still love baseball. That's my favorite sport. And... This and you bring up a good point. I think sports radio has done this to sports, which is it has ne- uh, neglected or pushed away certain teams as being nobody wants to see them. Um, when I was younger, if the Twins were in the World Series, great, I was looking forward to it. If the Kansas City Royals were in the World Series, we're like, wow, they beat the Yankees, wonderful. And now it's like we just need the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cubs. And to, why don't we just get rid of all the other teams and just have eight teams in the Major League Baseball? They could just play each other the entire season and then just have those all the ratings cash cows, as we call them, in there and just forget about the rest of the, the league. Because I, I, that's what I think we've done. We've we've marginalized the sport to being we can only follow the good, great teams and we don't care about these other teams otherwhere. I care about them, but see, I'm a baseball fan, so maybe I'm in the minority now, whereas I used to be in the majority. Mm. Well, I, I don't know it's about, about much about not caring about them. I, I just mean that um, it's like it's kind of like two different sports, right? Some of these are and, – and the NBA is that way as well, right? Where but especially in baseball, there are certain teams, and this is what Bayer was getting at, where there's certain teams. I mean, you've got, you got teams with 
the type of payroll. It's can you? Yes, Tampa has shown you can compete with a, and the Oakland has you can compete with the limited payroll. But the likelihood is the Dodgers way, the Yankees way. That that's more often. I mean, there's a reason the Dodgers have been to the playoffs like the last ten years, right? They they have a they they had a great team and then they built a great farm system, and they just threw a bunch of money at everything. And they may not be the best team, they may not be able to win it in a shortened series, but they will always be in the playoffs based upon how much they spend. And I think the Yankees and Red Sox for the for you know the more you expand. The more teams that pay will will be rewarded as such. Major League Baseball uh, Network put up a a list of all of the top players. All I think they were the first team, all MLB players last year, like Tatis, Vlad Guerrero, Trout, all these guys, Shohei Otani, and of all of those guys, uh, only one player on that list of, of the I think there was like fifteen and twenty. Only one player on that list, which was Austin Riley, played in more than one playoff game in last season's playoffs. So these are all your guys that you bank on. That's like saying in the NBA, if if the season had no uh, LeBron, there was no. Uh, Wait, what did it say in the M- and MLB so network? Last year's MLB all all first team, right? Okay. So you had Tatis on there. You had Shohei Otani. You had Trout. You had all, all these guys that are like Rad Guerrero. These big names that people want to see. Uh, Bryce Harper. Uh, none of them made the playoffs except for Austin Riley and, and uh, Aaron Judge. He was in one game because I think he was in the playoff, the, mm-hmm. the, the playing game, and they lost. So you have all these guys. Like if the NBA, if Morant and all these guys didn't make the playoffs, it was just like teams, guys that you didn't care about. Like just that's what baseball was last year. It was a bunch all their best players, the guys that they market you to, didn't play in the playoffs, so you didn't get to see them play. No, I understand. Yeah, so that the, was the, the the downside to it is what happened in the NBA with Steph Curry, right? Where instead of being in the playoffs, Steph Curry was in the play-in game, so we only saw him for two additional games, and instead we got, I'm going to say Memphis. You know, that's who mm-hmm. they lost to, right? Yeah. So instead, you got Memphis. So my my point is, yes, you could get Tatis in, you could get Guerrero in, you could get more of these young up-and-coming stars in, but. Buyer beware, you run the well, – not Dan Buyer. Um, <laughs> you run the risk of the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs, you know, the major market teams that are, are TV draws uh, being out of it early, That which is, frankly, what, what happened last year. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> Did you guys hear this from uh, Charles Barkley last night? This is Charles Barkley talking about the Lakers last night. Playing in this game? The Clippers and? The Clippers and the team from Southern California. Oh, you won't say that name. You still not I'm not, the talk, I'm not talking is, about is there, is there a point at which you said, okay, I'm now I'm going to say their name? If they win a playoff game. So you're not going to say the word Lakers for the rest of the the rest of the season. season. I'm not talking about these damn losers. We but between us, between the nitwits of TNT and the nitwits with ESPN, we talk about these losers more than any people in the world. I, I would say we talked about them a lot. Though. <laughs> That's the great Charles Barkley. This is uh, this is Russell Westbrook. This is a weird like he. Th- there's a way in which you can form an answer. <laughs> He just intentionally is a, I think you know the word, starts with the D, it ends with a K, there's three, four letters in there, right? Two in the middle. 
where Bill Oram from The Athletic asked him a question. Take a listen to his answer. Has it been difficult for you to process the fact that it hasn't happened the way you guys envisioned it and you guys are blowouts, there have been boos, there's been everything that, you know, probably everything's the opposite of what you envisioned. Has that been hard for you, especially considering your stature, your credentials to to absorb? What did I envision? I suppose I would imagine some wins. I mean, you say, based on what I envision, I want to know what you think I envision. I would but you envisioned coming here and winning a championship, or at least being in the Is season over? No, sir. Thank you. I had no expectations. See? That's why you don't know you don't know what I envision. I had no expectations. I come into every situation the same. Uh, the last four years of me, I've been on different teams four times. So my envision of kind of thinking everything gonna be peaches and cream, I don't. That's not realistic. That's not life. I just, I, I mean, obviously, Bill could ask him like, "What was your? How did? What was your vision? How did you think it was gonna go?" And then you ask a follow up, but you don't have that much time. It's not a sit down interview. He's not taking, wait, did you really think you were going to be this bad and booed? And it would be like, of course not. So it was a reasonable question. All right, let's get to Andrew Brandt, who joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Of course, uh, he's a former Packers executive. He uh, hosts a podcast on the business of sports. He's also a professor at uh, Villanova. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Now, Andrew, for the last uh, year and a half, you've said, hey, um, you thought, Aaron Rodgers would play somewhere else this upcoming season. Now, we still don't have word, and a lot of us are reading tea leaves and hearing rumors, but there are strong rumors that he's going to remain with the Packers. What, first, you spend a long time in Green Bay in their front office. What are you hearing about Rodgers' future? Hey, Doug. And, yeah, I mean, let's first say that past 16 months, 18 months, half of that was saying that Aaron Rodgers would be back in 2021 with the Packers where a lot of people said, no, he wouldn't because he was so upset and all this BS out there. So that was the first half of it. The second half of it, I just have felt this for a while. And I understand there's rumors that he may come back and there's rumors they're talking about contract, which I'll talk about in a minute. But I, I'm sort of staying where I am, Doug, because here's, I don't get this, right? I don't have inside sources at my old team. I don't have inside sources with Aaron. But I don't get it. Like, if he was going to come back, why are we doing this? Well, what are we doing here? You know, the season's been over for six weeks. Like, to me, somebody's not telling us something. And I just think there's something going on with the Packers or with Aaron where I think they know. I think Aaron knows. I think the team knows. I think they know what's going on here. I, I mean, pe- this is, people don't understand. This is the business of sports. You don't just sort of wake up in, or in mid-March and say, "Oh yeah, we got to get it. We got to get Aaron traded." Or, I mean, I, I just don't. Th- I think they're pulling one over the entire public here. Like somehow Aaron's sitting around somewhere, deciding he wants to play for the Packers. Are you kidding me? And somehow no. the Packers, with all these cap issues, are sitting around saying. Well, we'll figure out what we're going to do when we hear what Aaron's going to do. No, I don't think that's happening at all. Okay, can I uh, can I offer up a possible explanation for things? Yeah, sure. Okay, so look, um, at some point, talk is just that, and action obviously speaks louder than than any words. 
And my guess would be Aaron, like Aaron's like, all right, you want me to come back? I, I want my quarterback coach back. Done. I want Devontae Adams back. Okay, hold on. We got to rework some cap things. They've been doing that. Uh, you know what? I want a new contract as well. All right, we got to rework the cap things or whatever. And until those other things are done, Aaron's not committing. You know, right now it's a strong lean, then he's committing. Because in his heart of hearts, he's like, and look, I, the, the argument for leaving could not be any stronger when you just say the last two guys to win Super Bowls right, um, are, are, are guys that have just left their the only team they played for previously, right? So, but he's they're really, really close, and, you know, why mess with whatever form of happy if Aaron Rodgers is able to achieve happiness? What if that's the guess? That's what's actually happening. Okay. Here. A couple things. Number one, obviously Adam is in play, and whether Aaron's there or not, they have the tag. Now, listen, I know people say, well, the tag makes people upset. Listen, this is coming – from someone who's been on both sides, the tag is a is a uh, fixture in the NFL. Right. So whine about it is just ridiculous because if the Packers use the tag, which they're either going to use or they're using in negotiations to get a deal with Adams, so be it. And if Adams says, "Oh, screw it, I'm not coming to camp," fine. They don't. Adam, Doctor Adams doesn't need training camp. But the other thing is, yes, they hired Tom Clemens. Who was Aaron's one of Aaron's favorite coaches? But Aaron, in in I don't think anyone else besides me really picked up on this when he talked to Pat McAfee last week after his cleanse, and they talked about Clemens, and he said, "Yeah, he's great, great coach, love him, and he was a great coach to me as a young guy, and he's great for young quarterbacks." Did anyone pick up on that? Like, he's great for young quarterbacks, and he coached Aaron when Aaron was a Young quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. And he'd be perfect for Jordan Love, which everyone is saying he, he wouldn't come back to coach Jordan Love. Are we sure about that? Are we really sure about that? So I don't know what's going on. Let me just address the money. We heard about money last year being the issue. And, of course, what they did with the money and not give them new money, but they gave them an out. And I thought the out would be after 2021, but the out is after 2022. If I'm representing Aaron Rodgers, give me whatever you can this year. Great. But there's no amount of money you can give me past this year to make me get rid of that out. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers going into free agency in in eight months? There's never, ever, ever been a person like that in free agency. Do we, do we know? Do we know? Because there's supposed to be two more years on the contract. There was talk that they eliminated the second year, the, the, the second year after this, like the, the 23rd year. But again, that talk also told us that, that, uh, that Goodenkun said he was going to trade him. Do we know if that other year ceased to exist? What I was told about the contract, and I haven't seen it. It's a great question, Doug. But what I was told when he came back last year and got Randall Cobb on the team were that two things. One, there is an out now after 2022 which is the sort of the Tom Brady void where he gets to go and pick his team. And number two, three, there was a soft agreement to revisit the situation after 2021, which sounds like Gutekunst may have had a different view of it, where it was maybe talk but not agree to trade him. I don't know. 
But I understand that to be in the deal, in the deal done by Dave Dunn of Athletes First, that Aaron Rodgers has an out after this year. That is so valuable, so valuable. So, yeah, they could give him a big new deal this year, and then we're just – then I would say to you, Doug, okay, I was wrong about – I was right about 2021. I was wrong about 2022, but I guarantee you 100% stake my name – that he will be out of there in 2023. And that will be the Jordan Love turnover three years instead of what I thought would be two years. It's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Andrew Brent, who has his Sunday 7 newsletter. He writes for Sports Illustrated, hosts the Business of Sports podcast. Um, so in summation, you're not moving off that. Let me, let me ask you quickly about no. Amari Cooper. Okay, He got paid two years up front, $40 million. It's $6 million in dead cap money to cut him. Do you think he's being cut because of the contract, because of performance, or, or be, because, I mean, he also missed some important games with the COVID stuff and he wasn't vaccinated. Why are the Cowboys doing this? It's all the contract to me. I mean, it's always, this is a great illustrator of what's going to happen in a couple of weeks in the NFL. We're going to hear these big deals announced, which aren't worth what people hear they're worth because the agent is the one spinning it out to the media, not the team. I never did that as the Packers. Uh, agent would say to me, can I go tell so-and-so it's deals worth X, Y, Z? I'm like, if that's what floats your boat, that's fine. Go ahead. And Amari Cooper, as you said, got $40 million over two. When not sneezing at $40 million, no one ever should, but that's the real deal. So this deal does guarantee again, but not until the start of the new league year, which tells us, he won't be on the team to start in the new league year. So Cooper will go someone else, and he won't make this kind of money, but he'll be a valuable player for someone else. But this is the folly of NFL contracts, even the biggest ones, where it's one or two years is real, and then the rest is paper money. Yeah. Now, now the other part to it is, though he's not going to make the same kind of money, he – he will make a bunch of money, right? Like, I mean, like, it's like, let's not get it twisted. He's going, right. whatever his new contract is, he'll get some money up front. So it'll be a fraction of it, but he'll get that. He'll, he'll have a new contract. So there are some benefits to getting a new deal. Obviously not the benefit of the $20 million base salary that he, some may have thought he was going to get. Yeah. Just my point is again, when we see free agency, a lot of the big 2019 and 2020 free agents, are on the waiver wire in 2022. And, yeah, they'll make some money, especially – it depends on age. I mean, some of them just go on to never really hook on beyond one-year deals. But they'll make some money. But, again, uh, we'll have to see what these real deals are. For the best players, you'll get a guarantee into the third year. That's about it. Andrew, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk soon. We really appreciate you. Always a friend. Doug, see you. Uh, Andrew Brandt joining us. Is he gone? Is he gone? Is he gone? Is he gone? Jay Stu. Jay. Yo. What? What was? What? What? He was. He. He was trying to say always appreciate it something friend, but it said always a friend, didn't he? We need a. We need a playback on that. We need an instant replay after the break. But like, I think he said always a friend. Yes, I think which, he did. Just, I like it's it. a very. It's a really nice way of saying goodbye. I don't yeah, think I that's what he meant to say. I love it. Hold on. Let's let's listen to it again. Go go ahead, Ramos. He'll make some money, but again, uh, we'll have to see what these real deals are. For the best players, you'll get a guarantee into the third year. But that's about it. 
Andrew, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk soon. We really appreciate you. Always friend, Doug. See you. <laughs> always friend, Doug. I love that. Very cordial. I'm always... That, that's... Uh, what, what is it? What was the Jarek Jeter one? All the best? All the best. Yep. All the best. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for the all, fun. All, all the, the best. best. Check out the latest lines in World of Sports at Betters Sportsbook. Betters is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. You must be present in Colorado, Indiana, Illinois, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. One NFL franchise quarterback appears to be staying put. Who is it? Find out next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Here's the press. The press. The press is brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play a gambling problem called 1 800 Gambler. What do you got there, Dan Beyer? Doug, I knew this topic was going to come up because we had talked about it a few months ago because there was some controversy, and it's popped up again. Today is National Sons Day, and now all four, four of us on the show have... And also, if you guys remember, in September, where it was National Sons Day as well because I was caught off guard because it was my first one. But what are we recognizing today is the official National Sons Day, or how are we doing this? Because there's apparently two of them. But do you remember we did this back in, like, September? Yes. yes. That's odd. What, what happened there? I... Why are there two days? I don't. I'm not sure. But your Jason made a moving post, uh, a tribute to his son on National Sons Day, and then I'm like, well, I also did it in September, but I don't know if I should do it. I don't know which one we we recognize. This is strange. Yes. I need to look into this. Maybe yeah. it's a biannual thing. You know about this National Sons Day was also September 28th. Yeah, I don't understand. I'm not that, sure. That's either. one of those things. Like if you go on to social media. You can find national something or other day every day. And it just, the two national Suns days, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And then Suns and National Daughter Day were like back to back. So I'm thinking this is probably more realistic because it's not as, I don't know, Hallmark-esque. All right. More realistic? Yeah. Well, just like it's like to have National Daughter's Day and then the next day of National Suns Day just seems to be pretty contrived. And it would be more natural that they would be, you know, spread out, just like Mother's Day is in May, Father's Day is in June, Grandparents' Day is in September. But to have them on back-to-back days just didn't. I don't know. I just don't know if I, if I should do the tributes or not on social media. Is it kind of like having a birthday on February fourteenth or February fifteenth, and then Valentine's Day on February fourteenth? Is it <laughs> like that? That's John's world uh, with Suzanne. All right, let's get to the news. NFL Network reports the Washington Commanders made a strong offer to the Seahawks for quarterback Russell Wilson, but the report says the talks quote didn't go anywhere. Well, quote. did they did they make a strong ass offer like LSU basketball, right, or just a strong? <laughs> Oh, that whole saga uh, at the time that it happened turned out quite differently than I thought it would. The uh, Cowboys situation is uh, clearing up. Doug, you touched on it a couple of times. Cowboys likely moving on from Amari Cooper. If he's not traded, he's likely to be released. And now ESPN saying that the team is close to resigning wide receiver Michael Gallup to a deal. So they... Michael Gallup gets elevated. Amari Cooper is out. Blake Jarwin, by the way, with a reported injury that could be career-limiting or maybe career-ending, 
wouldn't stun me to see them add a tight end more so than a wide receiver in this offseason. Yeah, Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin were that two-headed monster for the Cowboys. Uh, NFL Network reports that the Giants aren't likely to trade running back Saquon Barkley, despite Joe Shane's non-commitment earlier this week when asked about it. I just think they probably, you know, probably searched and searched and searched for some sort of trade partner, and they probably thought they were getting such little back in return. Like, why are we getting rid of a guy who's still pretty good, we paid a lot of money to, we're not paying as much money to now? I think that's why you stand by. Yeah, I just don't know what the uh, what the market could be for him. I have absolutely yeah. uh, no idea. And finally, uh, Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley has asked for a trade from the team, and the team says, all right, go find one. So he's received permission to go to another squad, so now he and his agent will look for suitors. And that's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay. Huge weekend in sports. Huge weekend in college basketball. I'll have my picks via Bet Rivers on social media. But last time, the line for Duke Carolina was so off, this one too will be a blowout. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'll- 